0: Like you, I've sat back watching the news unfold for the last four years. Are we close to a disclosure? Are we really being visited by aliens, by beings from another world? And like you, I don't know that I'm any less confused today than I was when they began talking about this in the mainstream news four years ago. It's always interesting to hear that there are military personnel that have seen these craft and have come forward to talk about them, but it's always things that are redacted, things that are kept from our view and our understanding. But what happens when there's someone outside, when there's somebody that has a high priority and has a recognizability to the science he works and is willing to come forward and discuss his own UFO, UAP, and alien abduction encounters. That's what we'll find out tonight. A scientist's own alien abduction encounters. Our guest joins us in just a few moments. Dr. Bruce Rapuano, right here on the very best in paranormal programming. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. I'm not
1: going to stand here and listen to this below me. He won't below He doesn't stand for below me. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney,
0: perhaps not. Hello, my little darklings. Thank you so much for joining us here live. It's Monday night. It's time to get into the strange and supernatural world around us. A few weeks ago, when we were doing the newscast, we actually talked about this story. Uh, The press release was out. This gentleman has released a book and. I said I was going to do my very best to bring him on the air so that we could actually speak to him about this. And he was kind enough to give us some time tonight. So joining us for the entirety of this hour, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bruce Rapuano is here with us. Thank you so much for being here tonight, sir.
2: Dave, I really appreciate you having me here. It's, it's, it's an honor to be with you this evening. I wanted to
0: start off, if you don't mind, with a little bit of a, a harder question. Obviously, you are somebody that comes with a pedigree uh, as a doctor, as somebody that's involved in the science field. How hard was it for you to come forward and talk about what we're about to discuss tonight? Were you afraid that it would impact your career negatively or are you at the point where it didn't matter?
2: Well, you know, I've been asked this question before, Dave, and to be honest with you, uh, there are two reasons first reason is this is such an important issue we're at we're at a a time when disclosure has never seemed more imminent than now and number two yes i am more established in my career where i i think i can i can take the chance and talk about something that's it's much bigger than than you or i that's much more important than my career and that's the fate of the human race so yeah i'm taking a chance i'm taking a risk i'm i'm putting myself uh, out on a limb, putting my my story out there, but I I just think it's uh, it's such an important thing to do, and I hope I'll encourage other scientists to do that in the future.
0: Could you, uh, for introduction's sake, for our audience worldwide, explain to us what type of uh, science you work in, your field, and and just to give people a bit of a better understanding of who it is we're about to speak with?
2: Well, I have multiple degrees multiple degrees in neuroscience majored in neurobiology at the university of pennsylvania and then i got a phd in neuropharmacology from the university of connecticut after that somehow i got involved in cancer research i had an offer to work at what was then the top cancer research uh, hospital in the country memorial sloan kettering cancer center in new york city and got very involved in cell biology and then uh moved the lab just across the street to the top orthopedic hospital in the country and where I, I then tried to develop the next generation of artificial knees and artificial hips, learned a lot about material science and the uh, electrical properties of the surface of these metallic implants that would that we need to understand to make them integrate better into, into the skeleton. Mm-hmm. So I've had a very diverse background in biomedical science and I've and not only that since no one volunteered to do it, I also volunteered to be the radiation safety officer for my research division so I think I, it's a perfect storm of of a background to be able to study this particular UFO phenomenon and also the abduction phenomenon
0: and and I think it's important for people to hear uh, your background the pedigree that you come with because again we do give a little bit more um depth, I think, to people that come at this. And it's not just Blake and Joey who were out joy riding in their pickup truck and saw light in the sky. You know, this isn't, uh, this isn't just any run of the mill person who might be easily influenced by a situation. This is somebody who actually understands neuroscience, understands the way the brain works, understands patterns, and would see the fallibility of some of the claims that are being made. Um, so I think that's, that's important to note. And obviously when people hear military personnel, law enforcement personnel, science taking this seriously and coming forward and talking about it, acknowledging this, there is a a certain um, provenance that's, that comes with that. And uh, that's why I was so excited when I saw the article in the press release that you were willing to talk about this. Uh, At what age did you begin having this phenomena take place?
2: Believe it or not, my earliest memories are, go back to two or three years old. I had what I would call, and as I described in the book, a sense memory, where I was just walking up the stairs to our apartment with my mother and remembered that I had had. I don't know how this this memory was activated, but I remember having encounters with alien beings that were, as a two or three-year-old, not much taller than I was. And for some reason, I had the memory, which was a very rich memory with a lot of emotional content that in some way these beings were my mentors. I know that sounds like a strange experience, but that is the earliest experience I've had. And throughout my childhood, I I saw these beings a number of times. Uh, whether it was in, during an abduction or whether I had flashbacks to other settings where I remembered encountering these these beings, these same three and a half to four foot tall human humanoid beings wow. with. Um, disproportionately large hairless heads but the strangest thing to admit is that I, I have some memory of having some type of relation relationship with them but again i'm skeptical about that because i, I would say the great bulk of my experience would conform to the to the alien abduction scenario okay. but against my will um brought to some type of a clinical environment and examined. Some type of experiments were done on me like has happened to thousands of Americans. Um, but it goes back to my earliest childhood.
0: Now, your other family members, do they have any conscious memory of these uh, situations un- unfolding around them?
2: No, I have one brother and I've asked him. We've, we've, we've discussed this a number of times. And I prodded him. And, he, and I, I, I don't recall him being involved in my abductions. And he has no memory at all of anything like the experiences that uh, have been described in my book that now he's very well aware of. Because I I kept these really private, didn't really discuss them with my family or anyone until the book was uh, was released. But the answer to the question basically is no. I don't have family members that have the same experiences that I have.
0: So you're in your case, it's not the generational uh, alien curse, if you uh, will, that a lot of people seem to. All
2: the only evidence I have, Dave, is is um, my um, grandfather had a very unusual type of medical problem where he had a blood clot in one of the the blood sinuses that is very close to um, a sinus that I believe. Caused my um, uh, unexplained nosebleeds, and which I think is an avenue of surgical approach for a lot of uh, human abductees that get nasal implants. And just maybe just a coincidence, but he happened to have a blood clot in this region, was very close to this surgical approach region, and he and he died from that. It's called cavernous sinus thrombosis, and that's the only tie-in that my experiences that I can identify from my experiences to this intergenerational aspect of the phenomena.
0: Now you as well had a form of implant.
2: I recall, um, having an implant, uh, at the age of six years old, that was maybe the size of a BB with studs or projections like, like you'd see on on a thimble and why I, I'm convinced that I had an implant because along with this memory, I had another memory of being afraid that it, that someone had told me if I blew my nose too hard, if I sneezed too forcefully, the implant could come out or even worse, it had come out and I was warned not to let it happen again, which leads me to believe that, that in fact, I, I did have such an implant because it again has this um, rich emotional context associated with the memory. Now, other than that, I, you know, I have had a number of experiences where I had an unexplained nosebleed, which would be evidence that I had some type of sharp instrument that was used to, to, uh, as part of some type of you know medical intervention. I had a doctor examine me at the time I had my adenoids and tonsils removed at the age of seven years old that found an unexplained scar in the back of my throat behind the nasal cavity. So again, I have the physical evidence, the scar, the unexplained nosebleed, and the memory of this implant, which is so similar to experiences that have been reported for a number of abductees uh, throughout the literature.
0: Now, as somebody who works also around the field of radiation, have you ever taken a scan to see if there is anything emanating or radiating from within you?
2: David, I'm contemplating doing that i've never had a ct scan an mri or any type of neuroimaging that would would reveal whether or not i have such an implant um
0: well would an mri even be safe if they are metallic instruments they just tear through you if you subject yourself to something like that
2: yeah well i you know there would there would be it, there would be some effect on the operation and the energy that would be emitted by the by the implant when placed in a strong magnetic field, and I'm, I I would be concerned if it is still functional that it would if the function of the, the device would be affected by being in a strong magnetic field would have some effects on my brain, and you know, so the, you know there, there's risk. Some people have been asked that have implants in their brain that have shown up on CT scans that they want to have it removed. And they've said, no, of course, because of the the risk, of the the, uh, the risk of having that type of surgery. But um, I tend to think I don't have the implant anymore simply because, you know, I, I haven't had um, a lot of experiences in my adult life. So I, I, I'd like to believe, Dave, that the implant is no longer there, although I can't prove that.
0: So with all the claims that exist of people that have had these implants, the, the concept then is if it's there, do you believe that these beings are coming back and extracting it to take the data and information from it? Or do you believe it is broadcasting somehow? And if so, is there a way we could theoretically, uh, try quarter <laughs> Star Trek nerd here, but, but, you know, scan somebody from, for radio frequencies, for microwave frequencies to see if anything is emitting outward trying to share the data or information that it's gathering.
2: Well, it's interesting you brought that up because I know of one or more investigators that have tried to do just that. And with some encouraging positive results they we able to detect um, microwave emissions. But again, this is a limited sample size, maybe one or two abductees. It's an, it's an, um, an excellent tool that could be used to, to discern whether or not there's still anything, any, any implants still remi- remaining um, but th- what I'm more interested in is being able to get, have scientists, the right consortium, the right uh, team of scientists get their hands on one of these implants and really analyze it the way I, I know, although you're, I'm sure you're aware a number of investigators have obtained these implants from abductees. They really have not been analyzed, at least to my satisfaction, the way they could be to, to really nail down um, uh, the plant as the smoking gun for the, the alien presence on the Earth, and I, that that's something that uh, that I that I, I think um, would be would provide the most compelling evidence that has ever been obtained in the uh, in the field of u uf- ufology and uh, alien abduction research.
0: As you opened up about this and began putting your experiences down on paper, did you have new memories awaken within you? Did you have any strange exterior activity take place that um, would lead you to believe that they're aware that you're about to release this book and that you were sharing the information?
2: You know, (laughs) I'm almost disappointed To tell you in one way i'm disappointed in the other way i'm not disappointed to tell you the answer is no although a lot of abductees have claimed that um, their encounters have increased in frequency when they did that when they went on television or when they wrote a first person account of their own um, abduction experiences but to tell you the truth the answer the other part of your question i these experiences made such an impression on me at a, a young age that I thought about them from time to time. And that's why it was so easy when I wrote the book to recall them in detail. Um, I, I can't really say that I, I needed to have anything prod my memory so I can gain more, more uh, details of these experiences because I seem to remember so many details. But the answer is no, I don't. the experience of writing the book has not brought forth any additional memories, unfortunately. <clears throat>
0: understanding neuroscience the way you do and the fact that there's been talk of veiling you know where people that have had uh alien abduction scenarios are maybe disassociating from another type of activity and the veil of it being alien is kind of introduced what is your thought on that claim is there any validity to something like that and how easy or impossible would it be to to introduce that into somebody's uh, memory
2: scape? It, it's possible, but I, I what as a biologist, I always am drawn to the biology of the fact that my encounters and the encounters of thousands of abductees um, are with three and a half to four foot tall humanoids with disproportionately large hairless heads very almost identical in anatomy to the beings that were reportedly examined at walter reed hospital um for you know the 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 aliens that were recovered from the crash at roswell the aliens that were uh for which the autopsy reports were were actually reported on by lieutenant philip uh, corso Mm -hmm. who, who actually saw one of those those aliens so there's been such consistency that that you know my my prejudice is that you know at the heart of this phenomenon at least in terms of experiences with the greys are sentient corporeal biological organisms it doesn't mean that some abductees experience just what you would you describe screen memories that you know of you know uh, alien abduction sh- short humanoid uh alien abductions which which are actually covering up for something else Uh, an intelligence agency maybe is at the heart of it or different different species may be involved but again i i'm pretty confident that that i had an experience with with um, advanced biological um intelligent beings
0: why do you believe these beings have an interest in you specifically? If you don't believe that there's a generational or perhaps because of your grandfather, but you don't, you don't necessarily buy into that uh, concept overall. Why do you think that they have such an interest in you?
2: Well, I, I wouldn't say I don't buy into the concept. I, I, I know that it's, um, this, this, um, uh, finding has been reproduced with, with a number of families that it that, that mm-hmm. is intergenerational. And I, I, I there's a chapter in the book where I, if I've, I've persuaded myself, I don't know if I've persuaded the, the reader, that it's more likely that my grandfather's illness was attributable to an alien abduction than to the fact that he, he had an isolated case of cavernous sinus thrombosis, and the incidence of which is one in 19 million. So, I I don't you know I I I do believe that there's some blood something uh, in the genome of certain bloodlines that that may make the the those those people more better experimental subjects, and for some reason I don't know why I don't know whether or not some some investigators have said that certain um. Certain abductees may have an ability to communicate with the aliens. They may have more developed some. Some scientists have called called this organs of perception in the brain that allow them to see into different dimensions and see what maybe are interdimensional beings. And maybe that's the reason why the the aliens are drawn to abduct certain types of human beings because it, they have, for some unexplained reason these abilities to interact with the aliens. Again, that's just theoretical.
0: Have you noticed anything after one of your abductions, uh, any physical changes or, um, mental changes in your acuity to your, your ability to sleep better or less than any kind of different correlations that we can look at, you know, that, that kind of coincide with when these things happen to you.
2: Yeah, I've thought about that a lot in terms of whether or not I've had abilities enhanced or, or obtained special abilities or interest. But, um, you know, I, 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 I never had any sleep disturbance or sleep problems before or after these experiences. So it didn't affect my sleep. I don't think it had any effect on my health other than the fact that, you know, I attribute my early childhood ear infections to... Um, having these implants inserted into my nasal cavity. I had to have my lymph nodes removed and I've had chronic sinusitis as a result of that for my, for, you know, the the rest of my life. But in terms of cognitive abilities, I can't really point to anything. Although other, some abductees, some abductees have, have claimed that their ability to um, uh, do, um, write music or or appreciate music or play a musical instrument or do research in some area that where they have no background has been enhanced. The only thing I can point to is I, is, is that from a very young age, I developed an interest in science, particularly in biology from the age of five or six, whether or not that had anything to do with my encounters with alien beings. I can't say for sure.
0: Just as a kind of a side jump here as well. You said that you work, uh, around, uh, cancer have you heard um is there any kind of correlation with people that are abducted having a specific form of cancer more than say somebody who does not
2: i i haven't heard that now you know i am I'm, con- I'm concerned uh, that one of the adverse effects of being abducted might be exposure to radiation
0: mm-hmm. but i have
2: not seen any studies um you know one thing I'm concerned about is the fact that if the if, if these implants are emitting electromagnetic energy, microwave energy, whether or not there's any greater incidence of brain tumors, I have not seen those studies within or outside of the UFO literature, but it's it's something I, something I think about. Um, you know the, on the other hand, I've seen some one or two studies where, the abductees co- claim that there is actually a, a medical benefit to the alien abduction, whereas you know, the aliens are, are acting in the role of a veterinarian and, and, and curing humans of illnesses, treating diseases. But I, again, I, I'm very skeptical of this, and I think that's, that may be something that's uh, part of the deception that aliens use to be able to do what they need to do. In their experimentation on human beings, so <laughs> not something I'm sure I believe that.
0: In your case, uh, mm-hmm. as we talk about abductions, do you believe that these things are against your will, or do you believe that when they appear to you, that you willingly go with them?
2: There was only one time where I think, you know, I'm I'm speculating that the aliens took advantage of my intense curiosity, which I've had since my early childhood, and I, and I was induced to leave my house walk 100 yards and did have an, an, an abduction experience very similar to another person who um whose account very similar to my own where in the middle of the night he he was somehow stimulated to wake out a bit of a sound sleep walk out into the backyard again was abducted by the, the same beings that i believe i was abducted by um but you know i i have to say that in every other instance of course it was done against my will. I was not aware of what was happening to me. Uh, one minute I was looking at a UFO or the strangest looking airplane that I've ever seen that I that I believe now is a UFO. And the next moment I'm in what looks like a hospital, not a human hospital, where I'm on a table and, and I'm seeing dozens of, of alien beings. So I, I, I have to say that nine out of 10 times uh, i I was taken against my will now at that young age, if, if I was, um, uh, asked to come aboard a UFO, I might've been curious enough, enough but no, I was definitely taken against my will.
0: Where do you stand with that concept now? I mean, are, are do you ever speak out to, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm fine with this. Let's make this a, a valued exchange though. You know whatever you need from me, yeah. let's work together. I will do my part on your behalf. You do your part on my behalf. And where do, where do you take that? Well, or have
2: you? I've, I've been asked that question before, and I, I've thought about it. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, with you, Dave. You know, children are fascinated with everything. They don't. They don't know. They know one percent of the things in the world that can hurt them. They want to explore everything. But now in my later years, uh, you know, I, I'm a little have a little bit more trepidation about inviting contact from an advanced, you know, extraterrestrial species whose agenda, you know, I really have no clue about. But I have thought about it. And and, and I applaud those um, uh, abductees that uh, try to deal with with the. Uh, you know the ufologist dr stephen greer is doing now try to actually make contact and establish a line of communication i have not gotten involved with uh, with any of those um, uh any of those groups that are working now.
0: the reason for my question is speaking to abductees over 18 years it's interesting to me how many of them felt Abducted to begin with, and now they feel like it's visits. They they've kind of altered right. their perception. Even with Whitley Strieber, when I first interviewed him yes. 18 years ago, he was vehement. He was, it was a horrible. David, they raped me. They they did this. They did that. And then seven eight years after that, I interviewed him again, and he was much more complacent. He was more like, no, there are our friends. I just didn't understand at the time, and I wonder if he's developed a form of Stockholm syndrome uh, or. Has it just now? if He understands what they're doing more. He's getting more of a, a
2: you know, I mean, it, that's the Stockholm syndrome, the very legitimate theory. But in the case of Whitley Whitley Strieber, he claims now he has abilities to do research he hasn't had before. Uh, other people have have alluded to this as well. Other abductees, I, you know, I would I would like to see evidence of that. I would like to see someone. um you know, uh, provide evidence that they can do, um, you know, they can conduct experiments or at least theoretical experiments in particle physics when they haven't taken any physics courses before, or they can play the piano where they, they've they they've never taken a lesson before. When I see concrete evidence, you know, of, you know, that type of a, um, what I would call beneficial effect of alien contact, I'll believe it. But it's a, it's amazing the number of people that feel um that that it is benign it's that the the interaction between aliens and human beings is for our benefit but again i wrote the book because that is a theory that i'm questioning and i'm i'm calling out to you know our country our species and especially the scientists uh out, out there listening to really examine this to to find out First and foremost, exactly what is the alien agenda? Before I, I listen to any um, uh, accounts of abductees that they, they've obtained some type of benefit from the interaction. But I'm still pretty skeptical of that.
0: All right, we have a link for the book on today's program guide. I'm watching the chat. I know people are hearing strange audio artifacts. We uh, we started the the show and had to switch uh, computers for for. Uh, dr rapiano and uh, i think that's what we're getting so when i go to this break i'll have him go to the settings and click the echo cancellation to see if we can get this back under control stay tuned we've got more to discuss this is the paranormal 60. today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. what's the first thing that you'd do if say you had an extra hour in your day would you go for a run maybe take a nap read a book or just show up for a friend there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my Darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide.
1: In winter's grasp, a chilling tale unfolds. Wanted magazine's issue 40. Secrets to be told. Al Capone's ghost, in shadows it creeps. A spectral mobster where darkness seeps. Fourteen signs of a poltergeist's might. Haunting whispers in the silent night. Pascagoula UFO. Fifty years gone by. A cosmic encounter reaching the sky. The ghost train of Tate Bridge echoes in the mist. A phantom journey where souls exist haunted magazine issue 40 is out now available from selected outlets and bit.ly forward slash haunted magazine don't be normal be paranormal
0: you like the strange you like the unusual well then you're gonna love my new book theater of the mind tales from the darkness real stories of encounters with black-eyed kids the bloody bones man aliens changelings ghosts and more. And the book is available. You can order it through Amazon, or if you'd like to get a signed copy, you can go directly to my website at paranormal60.com. Get your signed copy. We are about 10 days out from shipping the next batch. We have cleared out through the first 250 copies of the book. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, I will continue to sign and ship them out as soon as they hit. Otherwise, get them at amazon.com. And remember, For every book and every author you hear on the show, make sure that you take just a few minutes to rate and review those books on Amazon, because it goes a long way to help expose those authors and their works to so many more readers out there. So go pick it up now, available on Amazon.com, all around the world, theater of the mind, Tales from the Darkness. All right, we are back. Let's go to our guest, and hopefully we've got a little bit of a better audio connection. I'm not hearing the same garble. So that's a good sign. Uh, our, our guest tonight has written a book, and I will pop that up on the screen for those of you that are watching live. Uh, For those of you listening, A Scientist's Own Alien Abduction Encounters, Dominion Lost. Bruce E. Rapuano is our guest this evening, and uh, we have a link for his book in today's program guide, so it's easy to find, and you'll be able to order your own copy and read along. This is an amazing story. I thank you, first of all, for taking the shot to come forward and share your story.
2: Thank you. I, again, I, I, I stress to you how important I think it is, and and um, the fact that I had the story to tell, the more I think about it, I, I realize it's, it was my obligation to do so.
0: I wish more people in your position felt that same way. That they would come there, forward and share this. Do you think now that that there is all of this movement towards disclosure, the government seems to be taking things a little bit more um, realistic? That we will see more people in your kind of position well, stepping forward. I
2: don't, I don't want to mention names, but mm-hmm. I've 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 been in contact with two high level scientists that are. High-level scientists in their own disciplines, and also um, consultants for the for for uh, for you for this field of uf- ufology, I have um, have copies of my book. Are reading my book, and I'm hope hope hoping that people, you know, that have a a national international reputation in in science, will latch onto my story and and be and be able to. Encourage other scientists to, to, where they've been looking away from this on purpose to look in the direction of UFOs and and the potential of alien abduction. So I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that I've 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 had some contacts with high level scientists that have shown an interest in my story and the phenomenon.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Let's go back into your story here, and I do apologize, folks. We're getting a lot of audio feedback and artifact. Um, and uh, we'll just continue to put the show through. I want to make sure we get a chance to hear from our guest. But um, I, I'd like to hear about what the the first real memories you have of coming into contact with these beings. How did they communicate with you? What did they, uh, you've, you've described the way they look, but can you remember anything about the encounters into what they actually did to you or with you?
2: Well, the the first memory I have is, uh, when I was six years old and I'm just in my bed ready to go to sleep and I see a very strange looking airplane. Uh, it has a, a fuselage that was too large relative to, to the, the, the length of the, of the airplane to be a normal airplane. I saw some type of electrostatic discharge near the rear and then strangely enough went to sleep where I should have been curious enough to to look at this UFO through my bedroom window a little bit more. I woke up amidst I don't know where I was, but I was in the middle of dozens of these alien beings. And I I was astounded by uh, how uniform they were, all the same height, the same anatomical structure. They seemed to be clones of one another. And the only interaction I had well I would say there are two types of interactions. I was wondering if, if some of them were, were boys and some of them were, some of them, some of them were girls and I, and when I formed that question in my mind what I heard back immediately was yes both sexes are represented almost as if someone was eve- eavesdropping on my uh, internal dialogue and telepathically replying back to me and at that point, I felt some type of a force. I guess they didn't want to entertain any more questions. On my chest, pushing me down on the table, I couldn't tell if it was a hand, but it, it seemed to be covering my entire chest or it was my imagination. There was some type of a um, um, neurological control that was making me lie down again and, f- and fall asleep. Um, there was another instance where I had... And this was the same age, age of six years old. I was alone in my uh, our apartment, our two-bedroom apartment, and had a, this unexplained nose nosebleed. Horrified to find out when I went to the bathroom that I was bleeding from both nostrils. But the reason that I ran to the bathroom to kind of wash the blood off my face is because I heard a, a message, a voice that I knew that was not my own in, in my head telling me to, don't let them see. Don't let them see the blood. How coincidental that at that moment my brother and mother were coming up the stairs. I don't know where they were. They might have been shopping downtown. Someone was telling me to eliminate the evidence of what I think was was an implantation. Um, I've had another instance where you know I had the, these episodes of sleep paralysis where I had no medical cause. I, had, I slept beautifully from the time I was a child till, till now. I had no post-traumatic stress disorder, nothing that would cause me to have sleep paralysis. But I woke up one time, and I didn't sense a presence in the room, but I can heard a voice telling me, go back to sleep. I knew it was not my own voice, and that's just what I did. I suspect that was another abduction. So I, you know, have have had uh, instances where during the abduction, I've had some type of what I would call telepathic communication with what I think are alien beings.
0: All right, uh, then this takes me into the next step. Um, You have these experiences. And from my understanding in the reading uh, and with your book and information, you've not had these come back to you through uh, regression, hypnotherapy sessions. This is something just that's become available to you. Are there trigger points that seem to happen that open you up to these memories?
2: No, that's the strange thing. I I, I, I would have welcomed that because I would have been able to recover more of each of these encounter experiences. But But I've remembered a lot because I've thought about them a lot, you know, over the years, and then everything crystallized, I was able to, to um, tie the threads together, connect the dots, when the abduction literature really be able took off in the in the 80s, then I, I, then I discovered that whatever was happening to a lot of people definitely happened to me. But I have not had hypnotic regression. And I, you know, I have to say, I would expect if I did, I would be able to recover a lot more of these experiences. Maybe that would be for the next book. But that,
0: well, that that is interesting, though, right? For somebody that's so dedicated to this and wants to get the information out there, why do you feel like you're you're hesitant to have that next generational step in this research and and get the regression hypnotherapy?
2: I had so much to talk about. Again, I meant I'm not ruling that out. I I I I felt you know we're at really uh, the threshold of disclosure, at least it seemed to be a few months ago. So I wanted to get the story out and I felt I had a lot to talk about, a lot to say, a lot to analyze, a lot to put in the public domain that nobody was doing. No scientists were coming forward with the abduction experiences or, or not having the abduction experiences and doing the same type of research and analysis that I did. So I, I wanted to get that in the public domain but I can't rule that out, Dave, that I won't do that because they say curiosity killed the cat and I'm still as curious as I was as a a child to to wanna explore and explore more. So that may happen and that'll,
0: There are different organizations like MUFON and and other organizations that put together uh, abductee support groups. And I'm just curious, have you ever had a chance to interact in any of these support groups? Um, And if it's something that's too personal to talk about, I understand and respect that as well.
2: My family members have brought that up to me. And what I tell them is, quite frankly, just as I'm going to tell you, I'm one of the lucky ones. Maybe it was because of my age, maybe, maybe because I was so intensely curious this has never been traumatic for me. This was something where uh, I couldn't explain it. I felt that these are the reason why I re- remembered all these experiments, experiences in, into the last detail, more than any other normal experience I've had in, in my life, at least during my childhood, is because it, it, it was so fascinating to me and made such a strong impression on me. I can't really point to anything that was traumatic in any respect now. Had all of these experiences happened to me when I was Whitley Strieber's age, when he had his first encounter at the age of 40, 41, 42, I might've responded a little bit differently, but, you know, I, I can't really say I've had any need to, to uh, um, be part of, of one of these, um, uh, one of these groups, but I'm I'm glad that the, those groups are, are out there because Many 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 people have experiences that um, traumatize them even after they undergo uh, hypnotic regression to, to kind of uh, uh, try to move on with their with their lives so I, I think I've been very fortunate
0: well let me bring this up then we know that for different procedures where when we go into the hospital, we're given different levels of anesthesia so that there are some that keep us in that twilight where we're still conscious, but we're just not going to remember there is the type that blocked the pain that blocked the memories that put us completely out. You say that you don't have any memories of uh, things that are severely traumatic or hurtful. Could it be that, and I'm just curious if you've considered this, that by opening that can of worms, maybe going in for regression, you might find that, those memories do exist and they're hidden for a reason.
2: Yes. And especially if there was any physical pain associated with the, with the uh, experimental procedures, I believe I was subjected to, Um, or if I was frightened for any period of time, um, you know, uh, by the encounter. Um, That's, that's, but but I have no evidence of, of that. I have nothing of that has bled out into my, into my conscious recall i i I've, I've whatever i recall has not been traumatic has has not seemed frightening to me although i've, had, I've already have I've already had readers send me emails asking me how, how how why is it that you were not so frightened as a child as i am reading your book <laughs> but mm-hmm. that may happen for some reason I, I i don't know why i believe this but intuitively i, I seem to believe that the the actual abduction, if I could recall every detail of it, would not be as traumatic as it has been for for other other people. But again, the proof is in the pudding. I'd have to have the you know I'd have to have the uh, uh, I have to consult a licensed you know hypnotherapist to to see if in fact that uh, that those experiences would be what I think they are, or maybe they would be actually very very frightening. Uh, again, that's that, that's something I'm considering.
0: Well, it's it's interesting too. It's kind of in the sense of me going into haunted locations. People are, are often asking, why aren't you more afraid? I'm, I'm terrified reading the stories and your experiences. And it's because if we're coming at it from different mindsets and different intentions, you are not in a Uh, place of fear. You're in an inquisitive nature so that this may be more of that type of situation for you. Whereas the standard person may not be as inquisitive and they just feel it's intrusive and frightening because they're taking you, doing things to you. And instead of seeing maybe a bigger scale picture of this, they're just focused on the activity of the abduction as opposed to What else is going on? What advice would you give as I'm watching them in the chat room? There are people that believe that they may have been, uh, abducted or at least confronted by aliens. What can people do to start separating what could be a very vivid, imaginative dream, uh, in that sleep state and something that's very real.
2: Right, right. For me, it always comes down to the physical evidence. You know well. Let, let me let me start before I talk about physical evidence, you, because because you mentioned sleep paralysis. You can sleep, see your primary care doctor. And find out do you have any reason to have sleep paralysis. There are just a range of medical conditions or psychological conditions that can cause sleep paralysis, um, and that and if and if if an identify if a cause can be identified by by a clinician, then that may explain. That your 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 experiences are are attributable to medical cause rather than to encounters with, with aliens. But then the, the physical evidence also is is something that I place a high value on. Whether you have any unexplained scars anywhere in your body, scoop what you think are scoop marks, um, wh- whether you have um any episodes of missing time. That, you know, if you don't have any neurological problems, people should not. You know, unless you have petite mal ep- epilepsy or unless you have a c- cataplexy, which is a form of narcolepsy that causes people to in the middle of the day become unconscious, there's no reason for you to have missing time. You know and if or if you have a close encounter with a UFO that you know is very unlikely to be anything conventional, these are all all signs that you know maybe you don't have conventional sleep sleep paralysis, but maybe the alien abduction scenario, might be a model that applies to to you as well um but um and then especially if if your ufo encounter like my like one of mine was had multiple witnesses to it so you know you're not the only ones you you're the only one seeing it but the the only counseling i provide is beyond that is is to say what the hopi indians have said in their dealings with the star people that look, it's going to be terrifying, it's going to be frightening, but you have to balance your wonder with your terror. It's, it's to meet highly advanced alien beings that may be a thousand or a million years ahead of us. It can be terrifying, but think of what we can learn from them. So I, again, that's the only piece of advice I, I could give. And I, I, again, I, I get that from the Hopi Indians.
0: I'm curious what your thoughts are on the fact that maybe in some instances, some of these abduction scenarios are not so much physical, but a conscious form our brain or our consciousness seeing legs, hands, arms, body, because that's how it would perceive ourselves, especially in that type of environment. And I ask that because there have been people that claim to see themselves waking up and phasing through a wall, you know, coming, sometimes coming back to seeing their physical form in the bed. I'm just curious where your thoughts are on any of that.
2: Well, we don't know what we're dealing with. With uh, We don't know whether or not we're dealing with beings that are in our space time continuum or in an, or are interdimensionals. And so we don't know what their, my gosh, what their technological capabilities might be to be able to travel back and forth between dimensions. And also uh, transport human beings back and forth between d- d- dimensions. But, but the dimensions. But one thing I need to remind you of is the fact that <laughs> hundreds, maybe even thousands, of abductees in this country who, who might have received implants did not implant themselves. This is these are phys- this is I have I have memories of physical evidence of having something implanted in me that I know was probably not something that came from a human technology so I you know I, 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 I tend to be very concrete in dealing with what I th- think is a, a phenomenon in my case that has a, a biological foundation and also a materialistic aspect to it where there are scars and me- medical consequences and materials that are being in, inserted into into human beings, but it is difficult to differentiate between that phenomenon and maybe the different type of phenomenon you're, you're describing that may may have purely a, a psychological origin or aspect of human psychology we we don't understand that is able to manifest into reality in in ways that that science even, even our top scientists can't really fathom.
0: Well, it's interesting too, because our, our eyes perceive what our brain is telling us. And if they are able to impact or affect our brain, they may not be there. That may be why other people do not see these beings. Um, What the, what they're doing is using your optical nerves to uh, project into your visual scale and spectrum. Just again, another woo woo concept that I think might have some legs to it, but I know I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit more about the abduction scenario where you had multiple witnesses and did each one of these people also get abducted or just witness it happen to you?
2: Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I want to say anything about, I have the last thing I want to say is I, I really take your point about the, you know, the, the ability to, of the aliens to affect perception, they can create any imagery, not just simply by activating the the, the the retina or the optic nerve, but to project. in my theory is electromagnetic energy into the brain to make you encounter any virtual reality. But in, in terms of the experience I had, it was it was fascinating. It was still difficult for me to explain. But again, replicated a number of times throughout the UFO literature where I, in a group of seven or eight people, um, saw this UFO close encounter, had to be 500 feet or less, uh, an object that was a brilliant, uh, brilliantly lit UFO. It looked like the biblical star Bethlehem, but two and a half times the size of the full moon. So it was as if it were right on top of us. But then at some point, everything began to slow down. All the ambient uh, natural noises, in the neighborhood, the the birds, the insects um, could not be heard anymore. And I sensed that people around me were not moving. I looked to my left and one of my classmates that was playing a ball game in our front yard at the time seemed to be frozen. A very common phenomenon where the abductee, abductee complains. Whether they're at home, whether they're driving in a car, when the abduction takes place, and that abductee observes the people around him to be switched off, which um, again is 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 part of the experience I had during the close encounter with the with the uh, Star of Bethlehem type of UFO that I that I saw, and that is something that uh, you know i can't easily attribute to an implant <laughs> i can't say that everyone is being implanted but certainly the, the 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 technology that's used may be able to be exercised by the aliens remotely to switch people off whether they're implanted or not they can switch the people off that they're not interested in then take the one that they are interested in up up into the ufo
0: you know, it sounds uh, from the outside, like that's insane. How could that even be possible? But the the reality is we still don't really even understand where consciousness lives, how it exists, what part of us, or is it an exterior force? And if it is, what can be dampened? And if these beings have figured out how to enter our dimension from another dimension or utilize uh, space-time portals that allow them to traverse great distances, uh, this doesn't sound like such a far-removed science because we have to remember there are uh sciences that we the people have that can distract and and disturb people's brains and thought processes and this has been talked about for quite a while now
2: and you're even going way beyond my my book i'm only a bi- i'm just a, a biologist that that's looking at the uh, the neurophysiology and 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 you know trying to remind the reader of all the research that's being done by human scientists through direct brain stimulation that can they can have all kinds of um, can erase memories can implant memories we, we do this with 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 the uh, rodent species and we probably will be able to do it with human beings as well but in terms of you know because i i watch you know paranormal paranormal podcasts and and other shows on television where, where um going beyond the simple neurophysiology we don't know anything about consciousness the soul the astral body and whether or not you know, these are aspects of consciousness that that the aliens can manipulate as easily as they can, you know, manipulate the human the human mind and, and human neurophysiology. That's that's something that uh, you know I, I'll leave to people that um, um, you know have have training in, in other disciplines than myself
0: are you open to allowing these beings to continue to communicate and contact you and abduct you for their research?
2: That's a very, <laughs> that's a very good question. I should be fascinated. The only thing that co- makes me pause is I want to, I want to see the specific aims. I want to see the hypotheses. I want to know exactly the type of research they're doing. What, what, what could be the cl- the, um, um, What's the or the the, uh, the the clinical benefit? What's what's the what's the what's the point of this research? And then when they clue me in, they make me a co-investigator on my for, for an experiment where I'm gonna be one of the experimental subjects. I I might agree. I might agree to something like that, if, as long as I could see what type of experiments they would be doing on me.
0: Unfortunately, as we know with science, we don't explain to the mice or the dogs or the monkeys what we're doing to them and why we're doing what we're doing. This does seem to be almost a form of tagging. Do you think that these very well could be us, science from the future, coming back to examine us and see how we develop so that they can understand how to make things better or to control us better uh, should they need to?
2: That we're being experimented on by human beings from the future. Is that what you're saying? mm-hmm i i can't rule that out except that you know i i you know i, I because you said you that's possible i mean i i don't have any evidence of that I, I just don't know why but again i'm i'm my view is very concrete i come down to the i i, I hearken back to the evidence of that uh, uh you know philip corso came up with that there are biological beings that were recovered from the crash at roswell we know that their, their physiology we know their external and internal anatomy i don't know why i don't know why human beings for their future would would come back <laughs> travel into the past and and genetically alter our ancient hominid ancestors and use them as slave labor to experiment on on human beings from the 20th century that i you know, maybe I'm not thinking about this clearly, but I, I can't wrap my head around that. But it's something that that we we can rule out. I would prefer that because I would think those scientists from the future would have our best interest at heart because their future is dependent on us. So I, I right now, we don't know where these aliens came from, and we don't know what their interests are. Are they interested in human beings as one of the many natural resources on the planet that they're, they're availing themselves of, you know, maybe it would be better if, if, if they were humans from the future.
0: The book is out and available now, a scientist's own alien abduction encounters dominion lost. Uh, We've got a link for the book on today's program guide uh, folks. So if you're watching live or you're listening on the podcast while you're driving. You can take your time, find the link later, but make sure you pick up a copy. This book goes so much more in depth. We've only barely, barely scratched the surface of the story and of the um, experiences of this gentleman. Bruce, thank you so much
2: for coming on and being open with us. Great pleasure to be with you, Dave. Really appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you, sir. Thank you very much. The book, as I said, is out and available now. So make sure you grab a copy for yourself. I'd love to hear from you in the comments below if you're watching live or watching the replay of this. When you hear somebody that can come come forward and share their concepts of this, and uh, some we've spoken to that are talking in a place of fear, some like our guest tonight who's talking from a place of an inquisitive nature, wanting to understand, to see, to feel and experience more, but understand what it is that they're here to do. Why do you think? they're experimenting with us. Are we visiting ourselves? Are we giving the future versions of ourselves too much credit that they would be more humane than to come do what they're doing? Or, as is always seemed to be the case, that in order to make an omelet, we must break a few eggs. And we've done that to many different species, including ourselves, as we've tested things out over the years. Could that be what the future holds? Or are they just trying to understand and get a hold of something biblical that is about to happen so that maybe the human race can survive in a different way. It's interesting. I love the different theories and I I read all the emails that you send me. I love the concepts that you put forth. And if you've been abducted, if you feel that you've had an experience, please feel free to email me, Dave at paranormal sixty dot com. That's Dave at Paranormal60.com. You can put uh, comments on the YouTube messenger even after the episode is aired live. You can put them down in the comment section because I do read those and I'd like to see your thoughts, inputs, and ideas behind the type of topics that we cover here on the program. I want to thank our guests so much for joining us this evening, Dr. Bruce Rapiano, and uh, get the book. Rate and review the book. Make sure that more people can find it as well. And i hope that the darkness is just a little bit more light with the information that we share on the show that you are open to the concepts that there is so much more going on than meets the eye and that it doesn't need to be in a place of fear but an inquisitive nature may allow you to understand and experience these so much more clearly our guest tonight showing very little fear for the situations he's been a part of which may allow him to have better memories and recall of this. If you're hiding in a sense of fear and you're, you're, dealing in this PTSD mindset, that might be what shields you and protects you going forward. Your own body trying to protect you from these moments. Whereas if you live in an inquisitive way and you want to experience these things, or at least understand them better, maybe empowering yourself to no longer walk in a state of fear, but to walk in a state of wonder would be the way to make your life start feeling better and feel have that you have more control over these experiences. We'll be back on Wednesday seems we have the full complement back up and running of the paranormal 60 news crew we will be taking more stories and we'll be reading some of your stories as well so if you've had a strange encounter with the supernatural you'd like us to weigh in on hit us up paranormal 60.com is the website dave at paranormal 60.com is the email and until wednesday i'll see you then my friends stay spooky